kingdom of God. And I'm just thankful for being alive. Um, in the last month and a half, I've faced some difficult situations where my life could have been taken, my freedom. And um, a friend of mine was killed in front of me. Um, and I just got out of jail. And my first instinct was to run, take off, go to Mexico, keep running. But I'm tired of running. So I just decided to trust God and, and, and go. And um, it, ama it amazes me how beautiful it is to just be at peace with yourself, God, and everybody else. Uh, the blessings that he brought up in my life through, uh, in the last couple of weeks as I've been coming to church, it's just beautiful. Um, I recently got a job, uh, thanks to some of the brothers, and uh, along with Brother Gabriel. And I know it's a... I know it's a process, so I just ask everybody to keep me in prayer. Uh, the one thing I was thinking about earlier is like, Lord, please do not, do not let me be fake. You know, I want to be real about this. And uh, so I go alone, just break every barrier, every obstacle, and uh, I just encourage everybody to keep going, you know. Uh, thank you, Pastor Danny. Thank you, everybody else. And uh, thank you, Lord. So I have the privilege of welcoming up uh, one of our brothers in this church. I remember in the men's home, he came up, he came to me and uh, ministered to me, and and I'm always grateful for that. I'd like to welcome up Brother Sean. Good evening. First off, I want to thank God and I want to thank my pastor for allowing me this opportunity to speak to you. Man, it's a privilege. It's something I do not take lightly at all. This message has been prayed on, studied thoroughly, and I just pray that it ministers to you men this evening. Let us come to the word of God and uh, I mean, let us come to God in a word of uh, prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, my Lord God, I just pray that you move me to the side, dear Heavenly Father. Use me, my Lord God. Let me be your instrument, your vessel, dear Heavenly Father, to bring your word forth, my Lord God. And I pray that us as men, dear Heavenly Father, that we'll... We'll grab something from it, my Lord God. We'll hold on to it. We'll cling to it, my Lord God, and that, and that your will will be done. Have your way in this service, my Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so the theme that we had came up with tonight, Sam had mentioned it earlier, was ten issues. Ten issues. And Pastor Charles will come up after me, and he's going to give the ten issues that men deal with. But my message is called Sneaker. Amen. And, you know, we like shoes. We all like shoes. I told I told. All my team tonight, you know, wear your favorite pair of tennis shoes, wear some jeans, a black shirt, you know. Uh, now that I'm a little bit older, I try not to spend so much money on shoes. Can I get an amen? These right here, these shoes are my favorite pair of shoes that I have right now. And you know why? I only pay 20-some dollars for them. That's why. <laughs> amen. I got me a steal. But sneaker, I'm not talking about a certain person. I'm not talking about a certain group. I'm talking about a quality that all of us could take on at one time or another. Can I get an amen? We're all prone to this as men. We're all prone to this since we are bound to sinful flesh. This is something that could affect us all. And, and something I learned this week is um, the term sneaker. That term came from back in the days, you know, in the late 1800s. All the shoes were made of wood 
they were made of metal, so men were walking around sounding like women in high heels. You ever hear a woman come walking down the hall and you can hear the high heels, click, 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 click. That's what shoes sounded like. Then in the late 1800s, when these shoes began to be manufactured with rubber soles, people said, hey, those shoes are called sneakers because you can sneak around in them. You can sneak around in them. See, we have to be careful as men of God because once we stop making noise for God, can I get an amen? Once we stop making noise for God is when we're in a vulnerable, in a vulnerable spot right there. Once we start proclaiming the love of Jesus Christ, once we start proclaiming the gospel, once we give up on our dream and our hope and our purpose and we begin to fall into that backsliding state or we begin to become um, subject to our own thoughts and our own minds, we become vulnerable. And usually when we're vulnerable and usually when we, when we begin to start making noise for God and we don't proclaim that we're Christians and we don't proclaim that we're men of God, we come into a vulnerable season where we begin to sneak around. Right? We've seen many brothers that belong in this ministry, that once served right by us, that once helped us out, that once uh, were in the streets, that were in the prisons, that were in the home, that were in this church, that were on this stage, that were on this worship team, that did so many things for God. Eventually, they fall to the side because why? They start to sneak around. The flesh gets the best of them. Right? No witnessing, no words of life coming out of our mouth. See, and this is a dangerous season to be in. See, but we have to realize that when we're sneaking around and we're, we're, we're falling subject to the flesh, what's actually happening to us is sin is sneaking up on us. Sin is sneaking up on us. And we think we're getting by and we think we're being slick. And we think, hey, we, we, we could do this. No one's noticing. No one's paying attention to me. Right? You stare a little bit too long. You say the wrong thing. Right? You start to act on your thoughts. See, Hebrews 12.1 talks about the sin that ensnares us, it says. The sin that so easily ensnares us, about a sin that entangles us. And it made me think about, you know, when sin has, when sin had this way around us, it made me think about a pair of tennis shoes, right? You ever see your kid walking around, or you see a kid walk around, they, they run around all day with their shoes untied. And you're like, hey, tie your shoe, you're going to fall down. You're going to trip. Tie your shoe. Here, let me show you how. You show them how to do the little rabbit ears, whatever method you use to teach your kid. But right? Sometimes we forget about that. And sometimes w that sin that so easily entangles us and so easily ensnares us, that's the way it is. It's like, it's like us tripping on a shoelace. Right? And we trip. And then what happens when we trip? Everyone ever, anyone ever fell down before in public and people laugh at them? <laughs> you ever fell down in front of your boys and your boys crack up? You ever fell down in front of your wife or your kids and you take a spill? And everyone starts laughing. See, when we fall down, right, it usually happens publicly. So we go from sneaking to tripping to falling. It's a progression that happens. It's a thing that takes place. And the thing about the enemy is he loves it when we fall down. He loves it when we fall down. What's another word for sneakers? Let's throw it out there. Kicks. Exactly. What does the enemy love to do, do to you when you're down? kick you when you're down, right? Not everybody is so forgiven in this world, if we could be open and honest. Not everyone's as merciful as God. Not everyone's as graceful as the pastor. Not everyone's as graceful as, uh, as some of the leaders in this church, as some of your brothers and sisters in this ministry. But there are going to be some people that are happy with you when you fall down, right? 
that see your demise, that see you trip, that see you stumble, and some people will kick you when you're down. Not everyone's going to be forgiving. Can I get an amen? If we could be real and we could be open and we could be honest, not of us are going to follow the word of God and say, hey, you know what? Jesus forgave me, so I'm going to forgive. That's not the way the world works, and we have to realize this, right? And as men with past, I don't know if you see this prop over here. I want to give props to uh, Brother Larry Garcia for making this prop. But this is something we're familiar with in the inner city, right? I've seen this growing up in the North Valley, seen this all over the city. And what it signifies is sometimes we could have some hang-ups, right? Us as men, we have some hang-ups sometimes. Mentally, emotionally, it affects us spiritually, it affects us in our walk. And what we need to realize is we may have some hang-ups, but Jesus Christ was hung up for our hang-ups. You have a source that you could come to when you are dealing with things. We're talking about 10 issues tonight. Pastor Charles is going to mention here a little bit. When you have some issues and you have some problems in your life, you have a source that you could come to. God has surrounded you with a cloud of witnesses, right? Men in this ministry that have served year after year after year after year that have been faithful to God, that have overcome some of these hang-ups, that can help you get through these hang-ups. Can I get an amen? You're not left on your own island struggling, brother. You're not here dealing on your own. You're not isolated. You're not the lost, you're not the lost one. And, and, and the other 99 sheep are good. We're in this together. Right? A lot of people don't know a lot of things about me. I have a few, I have a few close people in life that I could trust. There's stuff that Pastor Danny knows about me that nobody knows about me. Right? I have good, I have good friends like Mark. I have good friends in the world. And you know what? I'm that example in the world. Who do you think the fr- that my friends turn to when they're dealing with issues? When they're dealing with problems. Right? We're the light of the world. But could I be that if I was sneaking around? Could I be that if I was tripping? If I was falling? I wouldn't be able to be that example. Can I get an amen? See, we need to, as men of God, we need to seek out. We need to seek out help. We need, we need to seek out counseling. We got to find books that deal with the issues that we're facing. If you're dealing with lust, go, go to the library, brother. That doesn't cost you to check out a book. If you're dealing with issues, you can get a digital text for $4.99, right? Put your credit card inf- information in there and deal with whatever issue that you're dealing with. See, I'm a little bit older now, and my body isn't quite as young as it used to be. And I was talking to Mark, and Frito stepped up to the plate and helped me and helped me get in to see his foot doctor, but my foot's been killing me. I have that plantar fasciitis, and I've been dealing with it for like six months. Finally, Frito's got me into his foot doctor. And I was like, pray God, they gave me some shots and gave me some boots to sleep with, right? I have some medical equipment. I'm getting older. You get what I'm saying? So I have some medical equipment. And the thing about shoes nowadays is like, yeah, shoes can look cool. I have a lot of shoes that look cool. But if they don't feel good, I don't want to wear them. And I have a quote by Maya Angelou that coincides with this. And it says, I've learned that people forget what you said. People will forget what you did but people will never forget how you made them feel. See, as men of God, we got to be careful about the way that we make people fear, feel, I mean. We have to be aware of how we make other people feel. We have to be, be aware of the things that we say, the things that we do, our actions. We can't allow our hang-ups, right, to, to hinder other people. We can't allow our, hin- 
our hang-ups to, to take somebody else out or make anybody feel a certain type of way. Or, and we've all, we're all guilty of it. But it's something that we need to address and that we need to speak about. See, the thing about, about us is we were created in God's image. Created the image of, of God himself. And Jesus Christ took on the image of man and came down to this earth to teach us how to live. To show us. So that way we could walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Can I get an amen? So that way we could do what God has called us to do. So you could fulfill that purpose, brother. So you could overcome these issues. A lot of us that, that have come from having a past, right, we come in with hang-ups and we come in with issues, especially in this ministry because we've done a whole lot of things that we should never do. I was speaking to Pastor Charles earlier before the thing started. Pastor Charles was telling me, oh, man, <laughs> you should have seen when I came in, brother. I was on the worship team in four months, and I gave Pastor Danny headaches and fits. And But look at him now. Can I get an amen? See, when we call ourselves Christians, and we attempt to walk in the path of Christ, we have some big shoes to fill. When we attempt to walk in the path of Christ, we have some big shoes to fill. That's a heavy calling for all of us. I don't care if you're called to be a pastor or if you're called to be an usher for life. Whatever, whatever your calling is, you're called to be a man of God. You're called to be a Christian. So let us walk, right? And let us not our hang-ups get the best of us. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, my Lord God, I thank you for this message, Heavenly Father. I pray that us as men, Heavenly Father, that we will, we will not allow our hang-ups to get the best of us, my Lord God, but that we'll face those issues head-on, Heavenly Father, and we'll address the things that we need to address, my Lord God. I pray that no matter what it takes, my Lord God, no matter where it takes prayer, fasting, my Lord God, um, speaking to somebody, Heavenly Father, uh, seeking counseling, my Lord God, whatever it is, Heavenly Father, I pray that us as men, my Lord God, will step up to the plate, Heavenly Father, and we'll do what we have to do, my Lord God, to make sure that we finish this race. And we pray this in the precious uh, name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, amen, amen. When he first came to me, Brother Sean, he says, because um, I had had a message, you know, I told him about a long time ago that would be good for men's discipleship. But he came up to me, and, and it, it was real, had a twist to it, 10 issues. I said, I like that. I like that. And then he explained it to me, 10 issues. I said, okay, then. All right, so I got to get up and preach about 10 issues then. Don't want to be here all night because when I got to thinking about it and looking at all my, you know, issues and stuff, I say, well, I got about 40 issues, so, but I want to, you know, bring about, you know, what, what, the, what the title, the, the theme is all about, 10 issues, amen. I don't want to get into uh, anything tonight concerning our failings per se. I don't want to get into anything tonight uh, concerning, uh, you know, getting hyped up and jacked up and fired up because I'm not going to be no cheerleader here, okay? I'm not going to have no pom-poms and all of that stuff. But there are some issues that not only men face, but there are issues that the Christian man says matters. And I want to go over ten of those issues with you, amen? And I know there's so many more, but like I said, we'd be here all night long. Amen. So I'm just going to go ahead and pray and get started. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you. We give you thanks and praise, Lord. Lord, we're your chosen men who have come tonight, dear Lord God. And thank you, Lord, for 
the blessing of, of being able to come, my God. We know, Lord, apart from you, we can do nothing. Uh, Lord, without you, Lord, uh, we're no one, dear Lord God, with no purpose, Lord. But we just thank you. We thank you for the precious blood that you shed for salvation, God. And, Lord, we just uh, come tonight with our minds open, our hearts open to you, dear Lord God. And we ask you to speak to the men that you have chosen in Jesus' name. And y'all said, amen, amen. One of the first issues I want to talk about tonight, and, and most Christian men uh, say these issues matter. So I'm, I'm going to touch on those. And as Brother Sean was talking earlier, you know, I thought about all the books. You know, our pastor really, he, he is an encourager of us reading and, 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 and taking notes, you know. And, and there's a lot of books that uh, he has recommended for our reading uh, uh, as he is uh, uh, been used by God to disciple and raise up men here in our congregation, and I'm, I'm just grateful uh, for our pastor, and this is a privilege and an opportunity to share these things with you. And as Sean was just talking about a while ago, of course, this is our number one text right here, okay, our Bible. But there's so many reference books out there. One that I've been reading, praise God, when I get the opportunity to read, is uh, a, a book called uh, The Christian Man by Patrick Morley. Get the book. It's an awesome book. It's kind of long, but hey, it's an awesome book uh, concerning uh, Christian men. But the first issue I want to talk tonight about tonight is identity. Identity. Otherwise, selling who I am or selling who you are and what your life is all about. I heard a long time ago that somebody said, Sam, I think you were even preaching at that time. Maybe it was at the home, a home message or something. How many of us have preached at the home? Hallelujah. Amen. But Sam said, God called us to send us. Okay? And I don't know, it just gave me the deep revelation. I said, okay, all right, I can get with that. You know, as, as I began to study the word of God and, and, and the great commission, I said, amen, amen. God called us to send us. Amen. Uh, this calling gives us purpose. And our identity in Christ, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, says, therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay? Otherwise, we're being compelled, we're being driven by the love of Christ to know and also what? Proclaim the gospel. To proclaim that by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, our testimony is that Jesus stepped into our miserable life, many of us, I'll speak for myself otherwise, stepped into my miserable life while I was looking for a purpose, didn't know who I was, didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. I thought I was supposed to be a crack addict, but I don't think I was born into this world with a pipe in my mouth. So as I was looking for purpose in life, I was trying this, that, and the other, you understand, getting sold out on drugs, alcohol, women, and so on and so forth. But then when I came into the victory home, the men's victory home, and began to open up to the Lord, because, see, I'd been in and out of prison, all these things, you know, in and out of jails. And I said, you know what, <laughs> this is my last go-round. How many of us know sometimes it seems like our last go-round? There's no guarantee on tomorrow or the next minute for that matter. So I said, you know what, I'm in a place now, and I was facing 18 years, which I shared with Sean a while ago, I was facing 18 years in prison, and God began to get a hold of my life. And I began to get a hold of God, and 
And I began to listen to all the testimonies of those that were reforming, uh, men who had given their lives solely uh, to serving God and, and how messed up they were. Many of them, like Pastor Jerry, God bless him, I love him. Amen. Go see him again. Amen. But Pastor Jerry, who was the home, he, he was the home, uh, uh, the regional home uh, uh, coordinator, I guess you, you say. And, and Pastor Jerry, uh, Pastor Jerry had been on drugs. He had been on heroin there in Santa Fe for some 25 or more years, a lot longer than I was hooked on crack. And I began to hear these testimonies of these men who God was doing a work in their lives. But anyway, it was being poured into me about purpose, the reasons, one of the reasons why I was roaming around trying to find my identity, trying to find what it was that God created me to do and who he created me to be. One of the things that I didn't have as I was looking for my identity, one of the things that I, I came in touch with that I didn't have, I didn't have a cause. I didn't have a cause. Otherwise, something uh, we can give our lives to that will that will make a difference, not only in our lives, but in the lives of others. All right, because all, all I had grabbed onto was something that caused my children to cry, my mom to cry, my dad, you know, people to, to be worried and nervous and, and always concerned about whether or not they'd, they'd read a newspaper or hear about me on the news, you know, as the next uh, 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 dead statistic in our city here. The other thing that, that, that within this identity that, 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 that we're looking for is compassionship, companionship, should I say, or a companion, someone to share life with, someone to share life with. And, of course, we know there's many. Don't just think, you guys in the home, don't, don't, don't worry about it yet, okay? All right, just don't think about female companionship, okay? All right, because, you know, there's a brotherhood here, and, of course, we know that the fellowship of believers, like all men are here tonight, all right? This is a house of God that is full of men tonight. Thank you, Jesus. But there's companionship here. There's friendship to be had here. There's fellowship in the Holy Ghost here. As we look around the room, we see God doing a work in many men's lives. We don't stand alone. Amen? We don't stand alone. And so companionship. We're also looking for a conviction. Conviction. Man, I ran around hard-hearted, man. I didn't have no conviction, man. I wasn't worried about it. Kill me or let me kill somebody or, you know, I'll just die right here. Maybe I'll smoke myself to death or something. But there was nothing to keep me on track. I didn't have a belief system, the, a guidance, nothing that was, was, uh, was going to do me any good at all when it came to uh, direction, you know. And so, anyway, that's one of the other things. Number two in the issues is life balance. Life balance. How to be faithful with everything entrusted to us. Luke 12, 41 says that uh, when much is given from him, much is required. Especially as leaders, which I believe we're all leaders. I believe in the Great Commission, God has called us all to be leaders. To lead others, to go into a world, you understand. To, to, to give our lives, the lives that he has given us. To go out into a world. A lost world, a dying world, you understand, and lead others to Christ. I know that this be true. So I believe that God has called us all to be leaders. Believe that. Especially as leaders, you understand that, 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 that we are all called to be. We must not be selfish. We must not be selfish. God has called us. He has called us to reach out and make disciples of all nations. Amen. 
But you must start out by being what? Faithful in the little things. Start out being faithful. I was sharing with sharing it with Sean. You know, I mean, uh, maybe it's not happening much anymore. But I've been on this worship team. Goes back 24 years ago. I've been on this worship team ever since I was four months in the home. And not to say that that's a good thing because I think there was a lot of things that I should have got a hold of first. But it, it was what it was. And, and, and I gave my all in all, you understand, uh, to, to, to the things, the, the principles and the values that God was giving me in the home. You know, and, and there were some issues that I had to deal with. One of them was pride. I played music in the world. I thought I was all of that in a bag of chips. All right? And when the little girl, he started, oh, oh, Mr. Bexley, and all of that stuff, I thought I was on top of the world. But that was a lie from the pits of hell. I wasn't all that in a bag of chips. Hello, somebody. So one of the things that I learned early on is, like, man, you got to be humble here. God called you to do this. This ain't about the little girly, girly squeals and stuff out there in the audience. This ain't about that. See, then God gave me purpose, and he gave me a reason, you understand, to shout. But to shout unto the world that, hey, there is a God, that he does love, that he is a God of mercy which endures forever. Amen? So, so that, was one of the, that was one of the things that I learned early on, life balance, life balance, Amen? life balance. The third thing is growth, becoming a more kingdom-minded man. Scripture that that really, you know, when I was in the home, yeah, a lot of these scriptures are marked in my old Bible. I got my first uh, study Bible in the home, and I, I put a cover on it, my own homemade cover. I don't know if you guys have seen those covers made out of old paper sack, the old brown paper bags. And I, then I put tape over it to preserve it, you know, when it got wet, you know, to preserve it. But I still had that study Bible. Amen. My first study Bible. And one of the one of the one of the, the scriptures that I really held close to me was was Romans 12, 2. And it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Otherwise, don't live according to the ways of the world. But let the Bible, God's word, transform your mind. Amen. I said that, that's where I began. God. What do you mean that, 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 that heaven and earth are going to uh, pass away? Well, the world as we know it and heaven as, we, as, we have been as it's been revealed to us, these things are going to pass away. There's going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth. You know, and I began to study the Bible in depth and do word studies and things. And, 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 and God began to build my faith and I began to trust in his word. His, his word was a living word and he is a living word to me. Amen. So don't live according to the ways of this world. But let the Bible, let God's word transform your mind. Think and act God's way every day. Practice it. Practice it. Let God be manifest in your life through a personal relationship with him. You know, I say time and time again that we are who we hang out with. Hello, somebody. Can't call myself a Christian hanging out at the crack house. Especially me. <laughs> Hello. You are who you hang out with. 
If we choose to hang out with Jesus, guess what? He'll be manifested in our lives. People will be able to see Jesus working and around, working in us and around us. Amen. We'll begin to take on the appearance of Jesus Christ. The fourth thing, and I'm going to go through these kind of fast, guys. Each one of them I could camp out in, believe me, believe me, for a while. And the fourth thing here is marriage. Hello, somebody. Finding a new best friend for my life. Amen. Oh, y'all smiling now. Yeah, yeah. Well, man in the home there, I got to smile on the face from ear to ear. Hallelujah. <laughs> this, is not, this is not for everybody at this time, okay? Not for everybody at this time, all right? You got to wait. I don't know about y'all. I, I had to wait about seven years. So I was a home director when I met my wife. Hello, somebody. We met Google Eyes and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? But my wife still wanted to be out in the world. Lord, what's going on here? This woman keep leaving the home and she keep leaving the ministry and she's out in the world. And God would tell me, well, you ain't ready yet anyway. And what? <laughs> you know, you're not ready anyway. If she was the one, you're the one not ready. I'm doing the work in your life. Pastor Jerry used to tell me, you know, I'd get frustrated and things. Brother Charles, what is it for you? What are you talking about? What is it to you? Every time you had a trial, every time you had a situation, he would ask you, what is it for you? What is it to you? If God is allowing it, it's something for you, and it should be something to you. So whether she'd have been right there, right then and there, ready, a powerful woman of God, you know, instead of running back and forth the way she did. And I'm going to tell y'all right now, man, I waited seven years. Y'all got that? All right, let's get that. I waited seven years. Don't get nervous. See, I had to marry Jesus first. All right, I had, to, I had to get married to Jesus first. Because, see, I was still jacked up. I was still messed up. Hello, somebody. So I shared with, with Sean earlier. <laughs> All right, before I became the home director at the home, you know, hey, I was in charge of the home. And, and Pastor Bobby, I think at the time, he come to the home late one night, man. Uh, can I share this? He come to the home late one night. Well, I tipped off down the street to be with a girl. Oh, hello, somebody. I was a headache back then, man. I think Pastor Danny said, brother, you going to make it? I think that's what my pastor said. Because he was out of town at the time. You going to make it, brother? Yeah. You just didn't know. Some guys, you just don't know if they're going to make it, man. Yeah. I had brothers in the home line for me and stuff. You know, hey, hey, you know, God was doing the work. I was under construction, amen. And I wasn't completely and entirely submitted or committed at that time. Amen? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Proverbs 18, 22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. To many men, uh, uh, to, to, uh, uh, this scripture to them, they get it twisted. They believe that that, 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 that finding a wife, you understand, is, 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 is all that, 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 that seeking God is about. Which I'll get into that in a little bit. One of the greatest temptations in a, in a, in a man's life. Lust, lust. Amen. Lust, sexual desire. I'll get into that in a, in a little bit. Amen. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain as I am, Paul said, 1 Corinthians 7, 8, and 9. 
But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Now, sexual drive, it's not a sinful thing that God created in us. But fornication is. Sex before marriage definitely is. And there are many who believe this passage is saying to them they can get married just for sex. No, no, no. A lot of brothers rush because they can't hold on. They go, go and marry anybody because they, they won't have sex. Not what it's saying. Not what it's saying. The Bible says, study and show yourself approved unto God. Men, you know, a workman who need not be ashamed. What? Rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly using the word of God. Paul goes on to say, later on you understand that, hey, we ought to be uneven. Un, un, we can't not to be unequally yoked. Hello, somebody. Man, don't know about you. I needed a woman of God. Didn't need nobody to drag me back to the penitentiary, to the grave. Hello, somebody. All right. I didn't need nobody who still had Budweiser in the refrigerator. Boy, you're talking about going to a complete backslide, man, over a Newport cigarette. I'm, I'm serious, man. In a beer, over a complete, man, I, I had to ask the brothers in the home to pray for me one time in the van. Can I get it? I'm just testifying tonight. I'm, I'm being transparent. I ate what I thought was a butterscotch candy, and it was early on, you know what I'm saying. So you still got them smells, you still got pipe dreams and stuff, you, you, you know what I'm saying. And it was a butterscotch rum piece of candy. Man, I almost backslid over that piece of candy. Thought I'd had a, I thought I'd had a drink of Bacardi, man. I'm telling you right now, it was magnified. The devil magnified that taste. Well, y'all pray for me, man. I'm getting ready to backslide on a piece of candy. Hello, somebody. Boy, God is good. God is good. I've been riding down the street and hear voices. Voices that I know. Wait a minute, that's going, that's the wrong direction for you, buddy. You know, praise God for his convictions. And praise God that, hey, you know, uh, I've turned the ear to him, you know, instead of that other, that other voice that sometimes we, we hear. Amen. Get you a strong, proven woman of God. But first of all, you got to be a strong, proven man of God in order for it to work in the way God intended it to work. Number five is children. Want to be a dad who really makes a difference. Proverbs 22, 15 says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Otherwise, yes, I love you, but you can't have it your way. All right? You can't have it your way. But forget the cliches because there's so many cliches. Do as I tell you to do, not as I do. Now, I don't know about you. I've learned that the best teacher, you understand, is, is the best love is, is, is love being taught, you understand, in action. In action. See, so that's an old cliche. Don't, don't do what I do. Do as I say. Which child you think is going to follow? The one that's doing what he's saying to do or the one that's telling the child to do, you understand, something different than what that parent is doing. So we are to lead by example, amen? To lead by example. Number six is friendship. Y'all still with me tonight? Proverbs 18.24 says, There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 
this is why, this is why uh, 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 we have life groups. This is why we have, uh, we come together here. This is a time we come early in fellowship. We come early, we get to know each other. We reveal to one another various things about ourselves. Then we share the goodness and the grace of God with one another, one to another. We become friends. We become grounded in friendship. Hello, somebody. Because we come together in the spirit of the Lord and God uses us to build one another. We build friendships. We build families in doing so. And we're able to uh, uh, process things of God together and to care for one another. Right there, there's some amazing things happening in our life group. I can't say we're growing in tremendous numbers, but we're growing. We're growing. And there's some friendships that are, that are, that are, that are forming right there. Like never before, I've, I've, I've seen some friendships uh, forming that, that, that are going to be awesome. Amen. So I see that now. I see that now. And so and, and so that's what God has called us to. That God has called us to 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 be friends. Jesus spoke in John 15, 13. You see, they, they, in friendship, you understand, there's sacrifice. There's things we lay down. We, we, we lay them down for a friend. And you call me at any time of the night, you understand, my brother, and, and, and I'm going to answer that call. And, and I've gone out at 2 and 3 o'clock. Me and Pastor Joe, there was one brother, man, he would call us constantly. And there were times I had to pray because you don't know it. Call Pastor Joe. Joe, can you go with me? Or, or, or Pastor Charles, can you go with me? You know, because it's the same brother calling. And sometimes God said, no, don't go this time. Then there was other times I'd go. See, because it didn't matter to me. This was a soul crying out. And even more so for a friend. See, this wasn't even a friend. We were trying to build a friendship with the brother. We didn't know what we were walking into from time to time. But God has called us to reach the lost at any cost. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay his life down for his friend. Amen. One of the other things, one of the other issues that we have an issue with, one of the other things is work. How should I think about my work? Ecclesiastes 2.24 says, nothing is better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. This I also saw was from the hand of God. The first thing God gave Adam was what? A responsibility. He gave him a job, brothers. He gave him a job. Hello, somebody. He gave him a job. He told Adam, look, subdue. Otherwise, overcome. Quiet things down. Bring things under control. Called him to be a man of order. Amen. So the first thing he gave Adam was a job. Because God gave him dominion. Otherwise, he gave him authority. He gave him control over the fish, over the birds, every living thing that moves on the earth. Dominion over everything. Guess what? He gave him dominion over the devil. Hello, somebody. He gave him dominion over the devil. I don't know right now, do you have dominion over the devil tonight? That's what I want to know. Oh, because he approaches us constantly. But do you have dominion? Do you put him up under your feet like you're supposed to? Oh, he's been at me a million times. Praise the Lord, I've been able to put him up under my feet a million times. Thank you, Jesus. God has given us that. 
Through the Holy Spirit of God, there's not a weapon formed against us that can prosper. Hallelujah. He's a lying devil. He ain't got no power. Only power he got is what you'll give him. And I don't plan on giving him none. God saved me. He spared me. And I don't plan on worshiping no devil. Come on. Never again. Number eight is lust. The right way to deal with one of the most powerful drives that there is in, in men. 1 Corinthians 7, 1, 2 says, Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, as he received a letter from the church in, in Corinth there, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, otherwise to have sex with her. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Sex is God's gift to what? A married man and woman. All right? That's the intention from the get-go. It's just not a good gift. It's not a good gift for fornication, okay? It's not. But for a married man and woman. Sexual intercourse joins those indulging. Paul said if you join yourself to a harlot, you know, in, 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 in a sexual relationship to a prostitute, then the two of you become one. It's profound, man. It's profound. It's profound. Many of us know and have struggled in our lives, you understand, with thoughts. You know, you become one. You become one. In the flesh, you become one. That's why divorce is so hard. It's so hard. Sexual relationship and you leaving and going down the road, it's hard. It's hard to get past the memories and the thoughts and all of these other things. It's hard. It's not of God. So I say, don't do it. Don't do it. We'll be stuck. Stuck in a place we don't want to be in. Loving somebody who maybe even hates our guts. Instead of moving on, you understand, and going where God has somebody special waiting on you. Hello, somebody. Do you hear me tonight? The ninth thing, and I'm going to boil it down if I can get the guitar player up here. The ninth thing is culture. Culture. The role of a Christian man in our culture. Jeremiah 29, 7 says, And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. And pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace... You will have peace. God wants us to go to the, uh, to the unredeemed world and claim it for the glory of Christ. We're somewhat captives. We're somewhat captives in our environment here. We're affected by it. Paul said, though we be, though we be in the world, we're not of the world, but still yet uh, we're affected about uh, what goes on in our community, what goes on in our city. That's why I love the ministry of Victory Outreach because we care about reaching the lost at any cost. We care about going into the highways and the byways, you understand. Because guess what? Guess what? We live on this in this world. God's called us to be world changers. He didn't call us to do His work. 
But he's given us a vision. He's given us a mission as a church to reach out. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He's called us. He's called us to go into these places. Because really, when you think about it, when you think about it, many of you have children going to school. There's, there's someone getting shot in our city every single day. Every day. Just heard that on the news. Every single day. Somebody's getting shot. Stabbed. Raped. Every single day. It affects us all. It affects us all. It's not like, hey... <laughs> I'm a Christian, but I'm going to go hang out over here where it's safe. For a long time, that's how it was uh, in our city of Albuquerque. You go to the Northeast Heights, and, and, and you didn't have to be around all the violence and stuff. Now there's not a, a place in our city where it ain't jumping off. Hello, somebody. Where my mom and dad moved years ago in the Northeast Heights. Whew, it's jumping off. Live around the corner from Pastor Danny. He'd ask me, I'd ask him, Did you hear that shooting last night? I'm talking about machine gun shooting. Okay. You know, that wasn't no fireworks there. Okay. Yeah. Fully automatic weapons jumping off every single day, every night. Over here at Walmart, getting out of my car the other night. Pop, 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 pop. Okay. Oh, that was a nine jumping off. I know the sound. Okay. It's right around the corner there. God's call is to reach a hurting world, dying a hurting world. Number 10, sharing our faith. Sharing our faith. And I pretty much didn't talk to you about that. Having authentic spiritual conversation with others. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled unto God. This brother on guitar right here, that's one of his favorite messages. Am I right or wrong? God called us to take the gospel into the world to reconcile his created beings, his children, those that he created back to him to reconcile us. Into the place he intended us to be. And who he intended us to be. We're not trying to trick people into becoming Christians. Evangelism is simply taking someone as far as they want to go toward Jesus at that particular moment. Sometimes we don't, we, we, we don't have it right. We don't, we don't get it right. We can only take them as far as they want to go. The Apostle Paul said, hey, he planted Apollo's water, but who gives the increase? Sometimes we try to play God and we run people off. Sure, we got to be persistent. Sure, we got to be persistent in love. In love. We have to be persistent. Paul said, I planted Apollo's water. God gave the increase. Tonight, the big picture is we're given the great commission of God to share our faith, to be God's agents in the world, witnessing and making disciples 
of all and every nation. One of the issues, one of the biggest issues we may have is that we walk void of God's great commission for us. It was one of the things that when I was going to go before the elders there and, and to, 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 uh, to, to have the oral test for my ministerial license, one of the biggest things, they looked at my record they, uh, for a while there, they, they, they could see that, hey, you're, you're, you're an awesome tither in your church, but your world vision is hurting. I'd have a world vision. God says, take care of mine, I'll take care of yours. Sometimes we get caught up right here in our own little bubble and our own problems where we would step out in obedience and take care of what God's called us to do and given us a vision and a mission to do. He'll take care of ours. He'll take care of ours. So that's one of our biggest issues. One of our biggest issues, stepping out in faith, trusting God and obedience because it's all about souls. It's all about souls. All these other things. And I hate to just sum up things, you know, and, 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 and give a general explanation of things. But, hey, get close to Jesus. Get close to Jesus. Get close to one another. Pull up next to that brother. Maybe, 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 maybe you're you're brand new. Uh, pull next to that brother that's been serving God, and you can see Jesus in his life. Pull up next to that brother, and brother that's been serving for a while. Guess what? Don't 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 be caught up in you and your own situation, your own problems. But know that there's men here who don't know the blessings that you know yet. Be a blessing. Be a blessing. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, God.